At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that takes something that means so much to people and turns it into something trivial, it's Sifpop. Welcome to Sifpop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patron Perks! Patron Perks! Uh, patrons, get those perks. I'm your, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and we, if we happen to delete his fondness for Yacht Rock, I would not be devastated. It's Andrew Ormsby, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Each week we'll chat, oh, about, chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week, and they maybe went a little too far on his piercing blue eyes. It's Ian Whittington, everyone! Woo! Uh, Jade. Thank jade you. sorry jade. it's piercing jade, piercing jade eyes eyes yes. uh yes a little too far indeed uh we are excited to be together with you to talk movies and such and this week we are talking about the Ma- matrix resurrections uh which came out on hbo max and is in theaters uh and then swan song which is on apple tv plus uh we're going to talk about that movie as well and then we'll do best ever technology movies as well as our buried treasure. How's everybody doing this week? Uh, this will, I believe, come out Christmas weekend, or they're you know close, probably right after Christmas weekend. So, yeah, merry merry Christmas! Oh, to I had so much you. fun. How about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure yes. I did. I'm sure I did indeed. Just Yuletide merriment all all around your tide my tide all of our tides uh who's having a mai tai i'll have a mai tai <laughs> who's fighting as long as it's not a tide pod 
uh, then, you know, then, then we'll be doing fine. Uh, yes, we hope your holiday season has already been amazing and will continue to be amazing as we head into 2022. Uh, I will let you know we've got some fun shows coming up. One's already in the can. Uh, next week, you should be hearing the uh, most anticipated of 2022 show, which is already in the can, which I get to say on this show, even though I will say something different next week. Yes, we know John Wick 4 has now been pushed to 2023. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We said, listen, we, we will say it again next week, but doing a most anticipated show during uh, these days that we're in is not an easy job. So uh, thank you for the grace yeah. that you'll give us next week. And, you know, honestly, thank you for the grace you'll give us this week as we talk about movies as well. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's kick it off with some thoughts on The Matrix Resurrections. If you want the truth, Neo. Yeah. You're going to have to follow me. And you know you know the only thing that matters to you is still here. I know it's why you're still fighting and why you will never give up. You don't know me. No? Plagued by strange memories, Neo's life takes an unexpected turn when he finds himself back inside The Matrix. Uh, the Matrix changed movies in 1999. I don't think that's a, an overstatement. Uh, it came along and changed what could be done with action films and the sort. And now they are back. It's just Lana this time, Lana Wachowski. Uh, directing this one. Uh, Keanu Reeves is back. Carrie Ann Moss uh, is back. You've also got Jada Pinkett Smith back. Neil Patrick Harris showing up for a cup of coffee, as well as uh, Jonathan Groff, uh, Yahya uh, Abdul-Mateen, and others. Um, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Ian, kick us off. The Matrix Resurrections, what do you think? I didn't like it. Just like Solid didn't like it. <sighs> yeah, high side of... I'm... I'm like uh, what's the uh, yeah whatever it's the, yeah <laughs> man I'm, close to yeah, okay close to okay i'm like burgeoning just like okay yeah, rippling yeah. teetering but it's yeah. i didn't like it teetering good word much okay. like neo himself what do you think <laughs> uh i am firmly and didn't liked it unfortunately uh mm-hmm. i did not like this movie andrew what about you hated it oh oh my my. okay this is gonna be great (laughs) negativity abounds well ian sounds like you liked it the most tell us what you No, i did not (laughs) tell us don't you put that on me no (laughs) why do you think i made you say you were teetering on uh it was just okay so i could say solid side of didn't like it and you get to love it the most so ian tell us why this movie is amazing every single time (laughs) um yeah it's great um there's actors in it and they they got paid to act in a movie um and yeah no it's um so the first the first hour of the film is so self-aware it Mm -hmm. to the point that warner brothers name checks itself Mm -hmm. um it is so so self-aware and i can see that working for some people and uh, defenders of i've seen say that that's actually a bit the the film that that almost works for them but Mm -hmm. yeah for me i just was cringing the whole way through that it's it's it it spends an hour saying hey you remember the other three movies that that we had and how hollywood likes to reboot things and resurrect stuff and that's not what this movie's doing but it's definitely Mm -hmm. what this movie is doing and don't look at us while we do it and then it morphs into hey this is the cool stuff that we did in the other movies but it's kind of revisiting the same ground but mm-hmm. less 
it's like if it gives you a load of big fight scenes and a lot of sexy stuff to look at, it's that's enough and that's what we want. And it's not. I want something more. Like there is nothing different to this story that that we've seen in the other three films. And it is it just felt really exhausting to have to rehash the same stuff again. Like I felt, I really, really felt for Neo because he seemed so <laughs> tired throughout the entire film. Just like, well, I was kind of happy that the real, that the Matrix was my world. And now I'm back here, but I guess I have to be because that's reality. And I love Trinity. So I kind of have to go and rescue her. Uh, it just, it felt like so little thought went into making an original story, but they still managed to cram so much in it's trying to do so so much work it's the classic trying to set up almost a new a new generation for the matrix and passing the gauntlet but then spending far too much time replaying the hits so mm-hmm. bugged 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 me i was miserable well that you know i i certainly identify with a lot of what you're saying uh i think we can focus you know, pretty quickly on uh, what I would call the the metatrix of it all, um, because yeah. it is it is so meta uh, for and not just at the beginning. The entire movie is is really self aware in a way that's distracting. Um, yes. I think uh, as opposed to um, you know uh, beneficial. You know that that self awareness doesn't really do much for the movie. Um, you know, there, it's interesting. We're dealing with these last few weeks of the year, three movies that are essentially attempting to do very similar things. Um, Spider-Man, No Way Home, uh, Matrix Resurrections and The King's Man. Now they're all doing it in different ways, different, you know, uh, but all of them essentially saying here is IP that people know and maybe love, and we're going to try to put a spin on it, bring it forward in a way that makes sense and is fun. And uh, man, I'm just bummed that the matrix is the one that's going to get this wrong. You know, like it's just, it's, it's, it just feels like everything that they're trying to say about pop culture is also the thing that they're doing. And not only the thing that they're (laughs) doing, but almost the thing that the end of their movie, no spoilers, we'll do a SIF spoil on this, but almost the thing that the end of their movie is going, well, actually, maybe this is okay. (laughs) It's like, then what is the movie trying to say? And I think at the end of the day, that's probably why I I, I did have uh, quite a bit of difficulty with it. I will tell you, I came out of this movie mixed uh kind of leaning negative but a little bit mixed and the further i get away from it the less i like it like the more things i think about it mm-hmm. the more it just all falls apart uh yeah. and that's just that's really unfortunate i love the matrix movies and i just this there's there's so many things i want to talk about on the negative side and so few things i want to talk about on the positive side but mm-hmm. um yeah. we will get there i do have some positives to say but i, I do want to hear andrew's kind of uh hated it summary before we get into any kind of specifics this is all I'll say for the entire review of the matrix. I typed it all out because otherwise I would be swearing and that's not allowed on this show. Oh, wow, man, you are like low side of hated it or high side. Yeesh. However you want to say that. Do like, we have another one? Despised it or something. Yeah. Yeah. True, true disdain. Yeah. The matrix resurrection is a truly awful sequel that will leave you believing the first two sequels are works of art. A quarter of this film is flashback scenes from the first three movies. <laughs> so the true. characters yeah. are dull and lifeless, besides Jessica Henwick, who I thought was great. The combat is terribly shot. 
there are so many quick cuts and shaky cams to hide the fact that some of these actors are in their 50s. But the worst thing of all is this movie learned nothing from the first two sequels. The sequels got so far up their own butts with half-realized philosophies and biblical metaphors. This new film does all of those mistakes, but makes new ones as well. It not only makes the mistakes of being metaphorical, but it's also insufferably meta. It's so close to self-actualization that it's almost Deadpool. You had almost 20 years, and this is the best sequel you could imagine? I am so horribly disappointed that you decided to make the next Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, oh, oh wow. I love, I Yikes. love, like, hated it so much. He's directing it right to the creators. He's like, You did this to me. Like, <laughs> you just did the, this. Yeah. The, the, just the, just the, the vitriol, the, the vitriol of fandom coming through. And, oh, one, my one last thing, since that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> there is a post credit scene. You don't have to see that. You also don't have to see the pre credit scenes, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> there, there are no scenes that Andrew thinks you need to see. Well, I don't think Andrew has much nice to say about this movie, Ian. So I guess that's going to be up to, us. Well, um, I did yeah. say Jessica Henwick. I really like That is true. Her. That is true. Actually, I guess what Andrew's saying is the rest of the review is up to us, Ian. Uh, he's already said everything. Apparently so. <laughs> I think he's checked out. He's actually yeah. left the room. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> oh, so. He is unplugged. Thing. This movie made me so infuriated. I forgot we had a second movie this week, and I didn't see it. <laughs> Andrew, that's so, that's oh, wow. too bad. Oh, man. That is, wow. That is. Well, I take it back. I panicked. <laughs> and I saw the first 30 minutes of the, the other movie. But well, there I you go. That's, that's I, amazing. Honestly, Aaron, just like you, as I left the theater, I, well, I was on the lower spectrum, but I'm like, man, I didn't like that. And the farther away I got from it, I'm like, oh, I hated yeah. that. Oh, I really hated that. Oh, they Kingdom of the Crystal scold me. Oh, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, wow, how can we say some nice things? By the way, uh, whenever we have like a three for three with negative thoughts, I always do want to be careful to say that we understand how difficult it is to make movies. And it is a miracle that any movie ever gets made. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and there will be guaranteed many people who love this movie. And we want you to know that's great we celebrate that that's exciting that you had a great time with this movie just because the three of us did not like it and and one of us despised it uh does doesn't mean that that invalidates your feelings your feelings are valid and uh, i always i always want to try to make sure and say that kind of stuff uh especially when we're we're three for three on the didn't like it scale um yeah, i think it doesn't I, invalidate your enjoyment of no, it no no not at all not at all things that i may have enjoyed uh include the performance that andrew already mentioned i actually think there are a couple performances in here i like i like a neil patrick harris uh as well i think he's he's chewing scenery for sure but i think it's (laughs) it's a lot of fun um i think there are some cool visual ideas here the problem every positive is going to come with a negative i apologize because there, there are no positives in this movie that i can just out and out go that was amazing um Maybe the score. Maybe if I listen to the score again, you know, maybe I'd, you know, feel that it's it's great. But um, but yeah, there the the problem that comes with some of these interesting visuals is they're interspersed with really really baffling visual choices. They they make <laughs> they make some visual choices in some of the cooler moments that involve like low frame rate movement and oh it, with Neil Patrick Harris, yes. that was 
I thought it, it's just yeah, like, but, I'm, but that's how te- bad it looks. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And so you've got a cool kind of thing going on, by the way, a cool thing. I don't even understand. I don't, uh, this, this is another negative. Sorry. Uh, but so you've got cool, <laughs> you've got cool visuals going on, but then they're interspersed again and, and kind of undercut by just these strange, uh, visual choices that I did not understand uh very very much at all um so so yes uh there are there are some there are some frames you could hang on your wall right like the you know there there's definitely yeah. some beautiful stuff here that you could put in a frame hang it on your wall it'll look gorgeous um but it just it doesn't you know it it doesn't make the story uh any better it doesn't make the uh you know nope. what's going on um any better ian save me what's what's something else you wanted to talk about so I really like the trailer for this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we are stretching Genuine, now. <laughs> genuinely, the <coughs> the way this trailer is put together, a lied to me, and b we but it's such a cheat because it just plays the the White Rabbit song, um, and the way that builds to a climax, like that's a great two minute film on its own. That is mm-hmm. like tingles all the way. Love mm-hmm. it. Um, Jonathan Groff, not the best I've seen him, but I love seeing him. Um, the Stuff that happens at the end of the film with him baffled the, I don't know, can I say, you know, I'm not going to say that word. It baffled <laughs> the what's-its off of me, the dog's what's-its. Um, but the, the if scenes If you're thinking of the he, English version, then go for it. Like, over here, that doesn't mean anything. So, yeah. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it baffled the bollocks off of me. Yeah. Um, uh, but him in the first half of the film is fantastic. Like, him chewing scenery and Neil Patrick Harris chewing scenery was great. I'll have... I'll have an, I'll have more movies of them too. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah there I've, were some bits that were pretty. Maybe I'll save. Maybe I'll save some of the other stuff for the sip spoil. There's so much we could talk about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many things that are wasted in this movie. Let's just sum it up in oh, this way. Yes, like there are characters wasted. There are actors wasted. There are moments wasted. There are plot lines wasted. This movie doesn't treat there's time wasted <laughs> this yes yes andrew yes definitely <laughs> about two hours and 37 minutes of time it is long too oh, God, it's like two hours would not damn end. long yeah damn long. uh so yeah i i you know among among the most baffling of them is christina ricci uh as yeah. as gwen gwen Dervier, uh and just in one did i miss something just one scene right just like in a boardroom yeah. scene and that's all like i think and so. not even really I was like, doing huh, much that's, that's christina ricci that's cool this person might come back late nope nope <laughs> so uh so yeah just a lot of waste in this movie um and you know what we do with waste uh flush it down mm-hmm. the toilet with waste. put it in the bin put it in the bin um Man, I, I, I genuinely, you know me, I feel, I feel bad when I don't like movies. I feel even worse when none of us like them. Maybe we should yeah, just move on. Yeah, I don't want to defend it. Yeah, maybe we should just move on. And then if you want more Matrix Resurrections bashing, uh, feel free to play the uh, Sift spoil uh, that will be coming uh, here in the feed oh, we gotta soon. We have to talk about this movie more, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I have one last thing. All right, one last thing. One last thing. And it is positive, kind of. It's pretty harmless so you can you can watch the film it doesn't ah, that's probably spoilery <laughs> this shouldn't affect your watching of the first three or the first one you know sometimes you see a, a sequel so bad it actually discolors the, the i don't think this does that <laughs> okay fair enough fair it enough. is so far separated in time that i think that helps <clears throat> uh i guess yeah. I, will, I will say one last thing just so just so we make sure and end on a negative 
Uh, my, oh, great. My, just to make sure. <laughs> just to make sure. Uh, my one last thing is probably the th- most surprising thing in the movie that I didn't like. The most surprising part of the movie that uh, I didn't like is the fact that the action is terrible it's in so some of the action scenes. It's I could so not believe this was a Matrix movie. There, there are action scenes, especially early on, that are cut more furiously and in, in worse than Marvel movies. Like it's just, it's just terrible. Yeah. Um, you know what it reminded me of? Taken Three. You know they had sure. to hide the fact that Liam Neeson is. 4,000 years old, so they had to do 15 cuts of him trying to jump a fence. Yeah. The last time I remember feeling it this strongly actually was uh, Catwoman um, with uh, Holly Berry um, is cut this way. It's just, it's terrible action. Um, I know, strange pull, but these are strange days. Uh, All right, let's move out of the Matrix, shall we? Uh, Let's move into our next review um, of the first 30 minutes of Swan Song. Yeah. I can't lie to my family anymore. The second you tell your wife that you are dying, your opportunity to do this is gone. You want to go say hi? In the near future, Cameron Turner is diagnosed with a terminal illness. Presented with an experimental solution to shield his wife and son from grief, he grapples with altering their fate. Uh, Swan Song stars Mahershala Ali, two-time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali, Naomi Harris, Aquafina, and Glenn Close. Um, comes from Apple. Uh, it's an Apple original. And is out on Apple TV Plus. Uh, what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, do you have an answer for the first thirty minutes? I'm loving it so far. Okay, I really am. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Andrew is in the process of loving it. Um, Ian, what about you? Um, very high side of liked it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the low side of loved it. Um, mm-hmm. This this is my kind of movie and uh yeah there's some reasons for for the low side but uh but for the most part i'm gonna kind of gush on this one especially because you know we need some positivity in our life after that last review yeah we do uh so yes if if you want a movie this week uh with amazing visual effects that will uh tell you about what the future might be like uh <laughs> go with the swan song you didn't think it was gonna be this one did nope, you <laughs> didn't think it was gonna be this one but it is uh so i think i liked it uh the most although you know andrew is in process but um so i'll kick us off i think for me with a movie like this one I had very similar feelings to when I watched her the first time, which, you know, that's the, exactly what I was going to say. The, the audience, the audience knows my love for the movie her. And the reason I love these kinds of movies is that they, they find a way to take an optimistic look at technology in the future while at the same time, not being a rose colored glasses. Look, uh, you understand mm-hmm. the difference. It's not like, um, it's not utopia. It's not utopia. It is saying, look, technology is going to continue to advance, do amazing things. There will always be problems with that, but we can use technology in the right ways, not the wrong ways. We can make good decisions with technology, and technology will change our life in incredible ways. 
um, this movie is full of tech optimism, and man, that stuff is is fun for me. And it's it's not just the technology at the center of the story, which has to do with not cloning. Uh, I forget what they call it. It's some sort of bioengineering. It's technically different than cloning in the movie, but the idea that you can uh, bioengineer another body for yourself and transmit your consciousness into another body. Uh, I apologize if this feels like spoilers to you. It's it's very clear early on, you know, kind of what's yeah, going yeah. on in this the, movie. The movie so. lets you know what it's about right. pretty early right. on. So, yeah, it doesn't treat this stuff as any kind of, uh, you know, plot twist or story turn or anything like that. Most of the plot in the story, and again, this is another reason I really like it, revolve around relationships. It revolves around the human mm-hmm. aspect of how this technology impacts people. Um, it is very much a a little bit of a uh, lighter touch uh, Black Mirror episode, you know, like it's yeah. it's um, <laughs> if Black Mirror was optimistic about technology, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess San Junipero is the only optimistic correct. version of yes. Black Mirror. Yes, and San Junipero has a, a lot of the same themes as this movie, uh, actually. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Ian, what about you? What are some of your initial thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm a sucker for this kind of movie as well. Um, it's could be a Star Trek episode, and it actually mm-hmm. is in Enterprise. There's a very, very similar episode where a crew member has themselves cloned to replace themselves, and it's, it's a big moral debate about, well, how how much rights does this clone have to live? And um, yeah, it's asking the same question. So you get a big moral dilemma and then put a film around it and then overlay awesome actors like Mahershala Ali and Naomi Harris just... Oh yeah, I eat it up. It's it's amazing, and it's um, you, the tricky thing you've got to think for actors is putting yourselves in this near future where the technology around you is just normal and it's just a way of life. Mm-hmm. But the important part is the story and the relationships, um, and it just absolutely nails that. Um, Glenn Close isn't a mustache twirly villain. Um, she just sees this technology in a very very single minded way. Mm-hmm. And is possibly a little bit pushy with it, but sees it for for the good that it can do, and that's that's it. She's very very much black and white. No no pun intended. <laughs> Dalmatian, sorry. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's just really really satisfying. Which is is an odd word to use for a film like this because um, it's dealing with a very serious subject matter and a really mm-hmm. a really with a lot of kind of sincerity and pathos as well. But it's, yeah, it just, it still managed to give me warm fuzzies all the way through. And it feels real, right? Like that's another, that's another part of the reason it works is it, it just feels like an authentic future, uh, which is another Mm -hmm. thing I often say about her. It just, it just feels like the technology, you know, when you see the self-driving cars and of course I love a movie that has self-driving cars uh, portrayed Mm -hmm. in a nice way. You just go, yeah, that's probably how it'll work. You know, like that's, that's exactly how it's going to work or the, the contact lenses, Right, the the oh, chart, right those, there those are, I want those so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not far away. And yeah. the little robot that has a little conversation with you as it brings you food, like yeah. that's yeah, we're we're pretty much there with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Andrew, what are some of your thoughts on the first thirty minutes, and then maybe like some things you're you know you're excited about seeing the rest of it? Yeah, well, um, I love the fact, and uh, Ian hit on this a little bit. Uh, Glink Close is kind of his technical guide. So it's, she's not only the guy for Mahershala, but also for us. And I'm mm-hmm. liking that. While Aquafina, on the other hand, is his moral, emotional guide to mm-hmm. what he's going to be going through as well. So it's having those two characters really set the foundation for 
everything that Mahershala is going to go through is really, really smart. I will say this. Um, the two scenes I've seen, uh, the flashback scenes, it's not a spoiler to say this, of Naomi Harris and Mahershala Ali actually meeting mm-hmm. seem to be some of the most genuine, beautiful like interactions between mm-hmm. strangers that I'm yeah. like, oh, gosh, I want this to be everybody's you know, uh, you know, Origin story of story. how they met, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, I, feel like I have so- done that at some point. <laughs> I know I have. Uh, I mean, it was, oh, I, that's did, amazing. I didn't, I didn't end up marrying the person, uh, or anything, but, uh, I have absolutely eaten fries off of somebody else's, uh, fast food <laughs> tray while yours. waiting on my food, thinking it was mine. Um, oh, so amazing. I'm just, I'm, cause I thought they were bringing me my food. So I'm just eating the fries while I'm waiting for the rest of my food. And then they put food on there. That's not mine. And the person, like, over to my left grabs the tray and just walks away. And I'm like, they had to be watching me. They had to know I was eating their fries. They didn't say a thing. Never said a thing. Um, So I just just let it be. But, but yeah, no, that has happened to me for sure. Apparently, all you had to do, Aaron, was just draw a picture of them. Everything would have been okay. Yeah, that's right. Life would have been so different. Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can we just talk about how much we don't don't deserve Mahershala Ali? Oh, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's yeah, so good. He's so good. Yeah, he's really. Anyway, there's not a wasted character in this film no. at all. Everyone does exactly what they need to do. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's uh it's it's pretty incredible in that way. The other thing I wanted to mention, uh, another reason I love the movie, is because it's not only a optimistic tech movie, it's also a conundrum movie. It's a movie that you mm. walk away from going, what decision would I make? Would I do this? What decision would I want my partner to make? My significant mm-hmm. other to make? My parent to make? You know, like, what if, if this technology were real, how would I interact with it? And Real quick, what would you do? I'm still thinking about it. Um, I, I'd I, do it. I... I, yeah, for me it's a no-brainer because this yeah. is such an arbitrary line that we're drawing. Of and it, I, I say that as a really final thing, as if I have the last say. It feels like a very arbitrary line when it is the same person that has the same experiences, and they don't bake that into the story. Like there, is, there are no flaws here. They're, they're really clear that this is him. This is mm-hmm. Cameron. No one will ever tell the difference. Yes, the only reason I don't do that is if I'm so selfish, because I can't stand the thought of anybody being with my family other than this version of me. Um, And for me, that's just something I'd have to put in a box and get rid of and make sure that they're happy instead. So for me, it's such an easy decision. So I'm speaking more of, if you're just talking about the technology itself, sure, absolutely. I think that, I think you you guys are right, but there's also a way that this company treats the technology. And I don't know if it's too spoilery, so I'll just kind of tiptoe around it, but it involves awareness and knowledge. Let's just say that. And that is the part for me that I don't know that I could get on board with. Like there's, there's a part of it where it's like, sure. Yes, but no. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and, and again, I'm trying to tiptoe around, you know, what I'm saying here in a, in a way that hopefully you guys who have seen uh, the mm-hmm. movie will understand, but there's a secondary part to wh- how they're using this technology that I don't think is necessary. And I might go for, let's just say a more, um, transparent version of this technology um so we're are you saying like we're all parties involved or aware yes yeah yeah more Ooh, tra- oh, no. that won't work yeah that won't work for me it won't work <clears throat> yeah okay 
All right. No, no, uh, no. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I it was anyway. what you're saying. I mean, and that's the uh, from what I'm gathering from the thir- first 30 minutes, and even that's clear to me. <clears throat> that's going to be the moral conundrum of the movie. You know, that's what I'm saying. Is, so that's why that's selfish, what I keep thinking about. Yeah, is it selfish or is it selfless? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's the it's the toupee fallacy. Like you always think that you can spot a toupee until you see a really good one that you don't spot. So mm-hmm. if you tell the wife and then it's exactly family, the same as a toupee. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it is. It is. It is. It's just a few steps further up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you get told that it's a toupee, of course you see it. But if it's so good that you don't know, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. And that, that yeah. changes. You can convince yourself that. Well, the person that I'm with now is real. Okay, so here's here's why it's a conundrum for me because uh, I do my best to live what is uh, by what is known as the golden rule, the idea that you know do unto others uh, as you would want done unto you. So you know, treat other people the way you want to be treated. Um, I think it's a, a really great way to see the world. I would I would want to know. I I and I I don't know why it would change it for me. I don't like I it's. I don't know. I guess I'm just not seeing it as clearly you as you, you guys. I, I know. I li- yes, exactly. And you think you wouldn't, you know, that is. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, that is the conundrum I find myself in is like, uh, I, I, I definitely 100% would want to know. And, um, hmm. whether or not that's like, a good decision or a bad decision, it feels hmm. like it should be my decision. And therefore I feel like it should be, their decision. The problem is, it's never a decision you can make because once the question is asked, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, like Schro- it breaks the reality. Yeah. Schroding- so Schrodinger's I, yeah. clone. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah, it, no, it, yeah, that's what, damn you, Aaron. That's much better than my toupee analogy. Um, but I think once you've yeah, once you've opened that box, you can't put it back in. And I I think the company has to. Mm, I, I'm not saying they should. But I think practically they have to make that decision the same rule for everybody because well, that that is certainly think, what the movie is saying. Like yeah, you know, exactly. So, yes, yeah. so it, thinking about, I would be, I would be okay. So if I knew and it was my my partner or whatever that that was the clone, I could rationalise that and I would be okay. I'd be fine with it as well. But I think we we might be in the minority on that. So I think you have to hide it for the sake of the majority for it to work. Yeah. Mm, very Here's interesting but that it. but that's a conundrum mm. right that's at least oh, something to chew on and think about films. right exactly mm-hmm. and i think it's to the movie's benefit that you think about these things yeah mm-hmm. here's how i look at it hypothetically let's say that my dad uh for the last 20 years mm-hmm. has been a a replicant of you know uh, of like uh mm-hmm. he's he's the clone you know mm-hmm. would that invalidate all the emotions the love the joy the memories that i've had with him over these last 20 years yes no it no. Wouldn't. no it wouldn't of course no <laughs> no course it wouldn't not. so that's how i look at it like it's the you're saving a family member from grief and giving them more time with you to not think I, I can see how you could. I feel like sounds, you just made my I, argument, what, so I'm kind of confused. I feel like you you just said that it it wouldn't matter to know. Am I am I misunderstanding? No, it would matter to know. If no, you I'm just said if, if you found if out, my dad, would it if, my, okay, if my dad was a clone, uh huh, and I didn't know, right? Like for the past twenty years, right? But then you found all out. All my emotions, all my emotions and memories and stuff are still real, right? Like yes. if, if 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 my dad is Mahershala Ali. In this scenario, a tall black man. Um, first off, uh, he'd probably have a lot more questions about how white I am. Um, but uh, if I didn't know, then it, I he the only person who would suffer 
is the original him, you know? And that's, and I guess that's like the conundrum is like, are you willing to hurt so your family doesn't? Are you willing to take the pain so your family doesn't? I think, I think you're doing the same thing I'm doing. I think we just think about it differently, right? Like, so, so because I would say the same thing, like I, you know, it may not be a pain to me. Ignorance is not bliss. To, to me, ignorance is ignorance. It's, you know, the, it's, you know, the knowledge, uh, information is so valuable, uh, to me. I want to know things. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so yes, I understand what you're saying because you're saying for you, ignorance, uh, is bliss for you to know would be pain for me to know would be bliss. So like, so in, in, in a word, in a, in a weird way, this is why the golden rule is often very difficult because you say do unto others as you would want done to yourself. Well, everybody's different. And sometimes the mm-hmm. thing that you want isn't the thing that the other person wants. And so really the bet, the best way to interact is to know each other as most you can so that you can act in a positive way towards those around you. And, um, and that's, you know, and so maybe that's it. Maybe at the end of the day, uh, those are the conundrums and the questions we would be asking is, who the people who would be impacted by this the most, what would they want? And um, and trying our best to make that decision for them. But again, I feel like it should be their decision, but you're right. It changes. the this, Making the decision changes. The, so, yeah. 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 But that's mm-hmm. why it's fun. Love, that's the big, this I conversation is why it's fun. And I cannot wait to watch the rest of it. <laughs> uh, anything else beyond the philosophical discussions that we could have for another hour or so uh, in this I'm one? I'm going to assume there's no post-credits. <laughs> you would assume correctly. <laughs> you would assume right. correctly. Uh, Ian, did you have anything else you wanted to mention? Um, yeah. I think that this might be my favorite um, Quafina performance. Hmm. Um, I just, like in... Yeah, generally she can be a bit too over the top for me and a bit too on the nose. She, she's always the person that's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, isn't that weird? Or very, very observant of the world that she's in. But I think she was perfectly used in this film and was a great grounding. The The times that she comes in is when Cameron kind of goes off into something very philosophical and very what if, and then she brings him straight back down with a joke, just like, yeah, but you're going to die. There's a... Like, uh- the, there's a scene grounding with a, element to there's it. There's a scene with a greeting card that is, you know, one of the best oh, so moments good. of of the it's movie. It's so good. So, but yeah, no, she she does really really well uh, in this one. Um, I guess my one last thing will be back to future technology. I love that this movie foresaw the idea of um, screen life uh, as opaque and not transparent. Thank you. I appreciate that. I am uh, mm-hmm. so tired of futuristic movies thinking we want to see through our screens uh we do not want to see through our screens that would be very distracting so in this movie the uh, screen technology is interesting because it looks three-dimensional it you know it comes up all seemingly into the thin thin air i imagine that's a a process involving the contact lenses uh that you're wearing uh and whatnot um and there's it's a bit minority report uh in some ways Mm. um but it is definitely it feels solid and you can't see through it. And so thank you. Appreciate that. I honor Yeah, that. Spike Jones definitely had a plus one on his trip to the future to <laughs> Benjamin Cleary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I do have a slight nitpick with that. With yeah. the contact lenses, you shouldn't need physical screens because the contact lenses with perspective should be able to put the image but, in front of your eyes. Correct. My, my understanding was those weren't physical screens. 
that the, the oh, that we okay. were seeing kind of the idea of what they were seeing. Oh, you might be right. Then. That it wasn't okay. like there were nanoparticles creating screens out of thin air. My understanding was that the, they would that their contact lenses were you know showing that Got to it. them. So, Interesting. Because I, so. I had yeah. the other way. I thought it was like there's nothing showing up on the screen, but for AR to work, there has to be a foundational like three dimensional area for something to project onto mm-hmm. to make it seem three dimensional. So I thought that it was like yeah, there there's like a wall there. And that's what it's like using as no, the, but the uh, contact lens would be that. Yeah. The contact lens is your physical thing. Just because of perspective, it looks like it's further away. Yeah. 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 Anyhow, it's tricky. I mean, yeah. the, mo- cool, guys. The, the, movie, the movie doesn't clarify it, but it, it's definitely cool stuff yeah. to look at and, and, and think about yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. So there you go. That is Swan Song. Um, a recommend, I think, from the crew. So yeah. uh, that yeah, is so on Apple TV+. Before we head into the best ever challenge for the week, just a reminder that you can support what goes on in the world of Sif Pop by being a Sif Pop member. We do weekly uh, member shows for uh, some of our membership at certain levels. And you can check out all that information at patreon.com slash Pop. We talked this week about the Wachowskis um, career and a little bit about our favorite Wachowski movies, uh, our thoughts on... Uh, the Animatrix, the Matrix sequels, lots of that stuff. Um, actually be probably a pretty nice uh, primer into our feelings on Resurrections. Uh, so if you want to check that out again, it's patreon.com slash siftpop. If nothing else, just know uh, when you become a member that you're helping us out and keeping the podcast going. Um, and uh, we appreciate you for it. So again, check that out, patreon.com slash siftpop. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, on to the best ever challenge. Uh, yeah. Since there is big technology in both of these movies, let's do best ever technology movies. Now, this is one of those that everybody's going to define in the way that they want to define it. Uh, I think the intention is that the the plot or story should revolve around some sort of future technology um, that we don't have right now. Um, obviously there is future technology in a lot of movies where the plot doesn't revolve around that technology. So finding that line 
you know, we each may do that a little bit differently, and there will be a lot of grace on this one, I'm sure. Uh, we will go. I feel like this was a direct reaction to last time where <laughs> I trumped so much, and you're like, we're not going to give him the opportunity to trump at all. Let's make this as vague as possible. As vague as possible. Uh, yes. I, I, now, I want to clarify, I took this as a oh, future no. technology for when the movie came out. So, sure. older movies that show yeah. future tech that sure. is that counts. You know, yeah. real now. Yeah, I would to- I would totally I would totally count that. Yeah, if you had an older movie that uh that showed future tech, that yeah, that's great. Um so, we'll go number 5 to number 1. Yes, you can trump anything that you have higher so that we can talk about it. I will say it is clear how much I love technology movies by the fact that my top 5 are all within my top 40 movies of all time. Um nice. yeah. so and even the my honorable mentions I didn't go past like like 100. So yeah. so yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's get into it. Number five, um, I'll kick us off, and yeah. I'm going to state the technology first, and then the movie title. Um, mm-hmm. The major technology that the story revolves around in this movie uh, is the idea of uh, crafting DNA, the idea of um, designer DNA, and that I is- I think I'm about- That is Gattaca. Uh, is what I'm. First oh, honor- good is choice! My, one of my first honorable mentions. God, this movie's so good. This oh, movie's- I forgot about this film. This movie's great. Um, yeah, yeah I'll say the is. praises of Gattaca every chance I get. It is. It is an, yeah. a, a very prescient uh, movie. Uh, it really does feel like we are getting very close. Uh, and, and actually, we are mm-hmm. already doing stuff with CRISPR and other things yeah. uh, to mm-hmm. impact DNA in very real ways. I think you know we could be 10 to 15 years away from choosing the gender of your, your child. Like that, that does not seem crazy to me um, based on what we can already do. Uh, so yeah. So Gattaca is my number five. And by the way, I should have said biological sex, not gender. I'll just throw that. Uh, nice. Uh, but I yes, love, Gattaca. I love the line in this movie. Vincent, how are you doing this? I never saved anything for the swim back. Yeah. Yeah, it's so oh, great. Wow, it gets me crazy, every time. It? Yeah. Oh, it gets me oh. every time. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, right. Ian, why don't you go next? What do you got at number five? Uh, number five, the, I'm going to do the, 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 I'll do the same thing you do. Okay. Do the technology do. first. It's fun. The, the technology is about um, predicting the future Ooh. and using that to uh-huh, fight crime. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I know where you're going. Which is Minority Report. Minority. Um, nice. so that's my number five. Yeah, I had that in my honorable um, mentions. This caught my attention, my very, very young brain. What's this, 2001, possibly 2000, something like that? I think it was like 03 or yeah, something Yeah, I, like I was, 04 is what popped into my brain, but I'll look it up. Yeah, Go you ahead. might be right. Anyway, I'm early nope. teens. Nope, 2002. 02. Yep. Nice, yeah, so we're I'm all, 12 years old. Yeah, all around <laughs> that area, so. Yeah, and this was this was the movie of that year for me. Like, that was that that caught my yeah. imagination. The, the scene where they're in the shopping mall... And the precog is just like, wait, 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 yeah. just wait for the balloons to perfectly mm-hmm. line up. And it's like a Rube, Rube Goldberg machine of mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Um, that is, that is so tense and it's so well done. Um, and yeah, it made 12 year old me think it was like, well, but they haven't committed the crime yet. Well, yeah, but they definitely will. Yeah, but they haven't. Yeah, but they will. Yeah, yeah. But- yeah, but no, but they haven't. It's like, yeah, but they, they definitely will commit the it's crime. A it's a, it's movie. another conundrum. It's yeah. so broken. Like, you can see why everyone is so, like, the criminals are pissed off. It's like, well, I won't do it. I promise. Yeah, but you did. Um, but then on top of that, it's a great um, action adventure film as well. Um, it's, yeah, I love this movie. It's so good. I agree. My favorite scene is the uh, 
the fight in the uh, auto in the auto shop, and they mm. build the car around Tom Cruise. Yes. It's uh, so good. And then he just sits up and he's yes. looking at Colin Farrell and he drives off. Oh, he's as, he's awesome as surprised scene. as anybody else that this yeah. is working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So good. So very All right. good. My number five. Number five. The technology, space travel. Okay. To a Star galaxy Trek. far, far away. <laughs> Interstellar. Ah, very nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I, I've, I've raved about this movie enough. We can move on. I mean, it makes me cry more than any other Christopher Nolan movie makes me cry. Uh, Interstellar's a great one. Uh, all right, on to yeah. our number fours. Uh, yep. I'm still in the area of DNA with my number four. Uh, in this case, DNA clone cloning and replication of prehistoric animals. Jurassic Park <laughs> is nice. uh, my number four, and we will get to Trump. it uh, later. So what is your number four, Ian? Um, mine is um, about creating new people and mm. whether you're able to tell that these new people are people or not and um, whether certain um, um, knife sprinters um, can identify them as well. <laughs> and it's Blade Runner. <laughs> Blade Runner. <laughs> Took me a minute. Replicants. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Replicants. Um yeah, lo- loads of moral, excuse me, <coughs> loads of moral questions in this one as well. Um, a beautiful, beautiful film. I know it's divisive, and I know some people it is the marmite of of kind of sci fi films. They love it or hate it. <laughs> That's uh-huh. the most beautiful um, metaphor I've ever heard for Blade Runner. <laughs> That's such a common thing over here to describe something as Marmite. Like you either oh, you really? love it or hate it. Yeah. Well, that's their slogan over here is you love it or hate it. They kind of lean into that. Um, but yeah, it, it really is. It's the Marmite of futuristic sci-fi films. I love the what's it's off of it. Um, I just soak it up. Um, yeah, it's gorgeous. What did you think of uh, 2049? I Seven. love it in very different ways. Okay. It, for me, yeah. it honestly, it feels like it's in a different universe and I love it as the film that it is. I don't love it as a sequel to Blade Runner. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm not really a fan of the first Blade Runner, but 2047 is such a good movie. 49, yeah, but it's no, it was 47. Right. Is it 47? Yeah, I, I said 49. I was probably wrong. Oh, you yeah. broke me. Yeah, sorry. It's, it's just 24/7. Don't worry about it. It's it's, it's it's no. I'm worried. It's 2049. Is it good? Good. I got it right. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Now Andrew's going to have to look. This is like this <laughs> it doesn't is, matter. <laughs> this is a Mandela effect kind of idea, right? Like the the like, uh-huh. you know when you you can't like uh, for instance another good one is uh, I I'm I was positive it's Sex in the City and it's not it's actually Sex and the City and yeah not in yeah yeah and just th- those kind of things was like wait what who who changed that or Fruit Loops mm-hmm. you know the fruit is spelled with two O's and it's like yeah. no it's not it's it's or spelled with Looney Tunes. Or the Berenstein Bears are actually the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, Berenstain Bears. Yeah, yeah. Looney Anyhow. Tunes is a good one as well, which yeah. is really mean because they are tunes, not tunes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, the Beatles, you know, this B-E-A-T. Yeah. No, no. Oh, okay. let's not do that. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think we are on my number four. your number four, Andrew. Yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around 2049. <laughs> I want to see that movie. It's broken. I didn't know that uh, Denis made a third movie. Or, or a fourth movie, actually. He yep. just went year by year. Mm-hmm. All right, my number four deals with nanotechnology. Mm. Avengers Infinity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, got you. Yeah. All right, move on. All right, will do. Uh, let's see, on to our number threes. Uh, this is where I have 
the technology of AI developing from our personal communication assistants, uh, and that is her uh, I have here. I thought you'd have it higher up, but all right. Yeah, there's some really good uh, tech movies. Um, yeah, I, 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 I love her very much. I love her so much. Uh, yeah, so, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> That's such an interesting... <laughs> yes. I love her so much. I love her In the so context much. of this film, very much. Yeah. Uh, playing the pronoun game. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, I've talked about it plenty of times, but yeah, Spike Jones went to the future, saw what it was going to be like and came back and Cleary with him. Yeah. Took Ben Cleary with him and uh, came back and made a movie. So, um, just absolutely powerful stuff here about our relationship to technology and what it might be like in a world where AI is indistinguishable from a uh, human relationship. So, yep. That's my number three. What's yours, Ian? So, almost exactly the same description as, as you, but not from a personal device. This is technology around, yeah, creating an AI companion and um, how indistinguishable they can become and how real they can become. And this is Ex Machina. Yeah, definitely in my um, honorable ooh, mentions. Ooh, Love this movie. Oscar mm-hmm. Isaacs, Donald Gleason, kick all of the butt. Um, yeah, it, the... <laughs> The aesthetic between this and Swan Song really hit me. Like, it's not the same subject matter. It's not the same type of film at all. But the technology felt like it could have been from the same future. And I think that just mm-hmm. speaks to having it quite stripped down, quite um, natural feeling, and just how technology will augment our everyday lives. There's not probably going to be very many oof moments. Um, mm-hmm. You get a few of those, but it's generally incremental steps. Um but yeah, fantastic film. Keeps you guessing all the way through. Um, massively rewatchable. Yeah. Yep. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, Andrew, what do you got uh, at number three? This is my prehistoric DNA movie, Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. Dino yes. DNA. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Mr. DNA? Where did you come <laughs> from? <laughs> from your blood. Um, yeah. What a movie. It defined my childhood. The score is amazing. The visuals to this day are incredible. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Jurassic a lot of Park. these movies. I'll just say this: a lot of these movies on my list have been on my list many, many times yeah, before. Yeah, so I'm like, be I that, just don't want to repeat myself. It's going to be that kind of list for sure. Uh, on to our number twos. Uh, yeah. My my number two technology is the technology of creating and entering people's dreams. Um, Trump. I have Inception, and it gets trumped. Oh, right. I went with. Being John Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good choice. Good choice. How'd you know? Uh, Ian, what is your number two? Um, well, crap. It should have been Inception, but never mind. <laughs> I somehow forgot that movie exists because I'm an idiot. Um, I have The Matrix. This is what... Oh, no, doubt. So the technology that's in it's about entering people's <laughs> dreams and creating a different reality It's The Matrix. Um, yes, it's a fantastic film. They probably should have stopped there. <laughs> it's eh, let's let's give them the animatrix let's uh let's, let's yeah okay the fair enough fair. Uh, of the things that i've seen yeah. they should have stopped there yeah yeah, Aaron, yeah. groundbreaking gonna all of the things uh, yeah i am gonna i am said. gonna actually trump this uh oh, well, so I'm done. not not to give away <laughs> not to give away my number one but uh but oh, yeah. yeah yeah uh andrew what do you got at number two it was my number two as well so oh okay now we can talk about now it. we can talk about it because it's time for my number one nice. it's the matrix outstanding uh yes um i think this movie is incredible i already mentioned it's in my top 10 i think i do have it at number five right now uh 
I think for me, the main thing is the ability to watch this movie and have such deep thoughts about free will, predestination, the idea of what it means to be free, uh, the conundrum of the steak dinner scene in this movie has stayed with me for my entire life. And mm -hmm. I think it's very easy for people to say, of course, I would want to be free, you know, and it actually plays into our swan song conversation about would you want to know or not know? Yeah. Um, and again, for me, I would want to know, but I think I would still want to be in the matrix um, as opposed to in Zion. <laughs> I like, you know, I it's, it's easy to say, of course you would want to be free, but, um, but man, it's just, there, there's something about the, the, the beauty of the, you know, uh, a world that's created that, uh, that can be interesting. Now, you know, it, the, the movie makes a, a good play for explaining why it can't be a perfect world, you know, because we, for yeah. some reason, wouldn't accept it if it were a perfect world or whatever. Um, but, uh, but man, yeah, there's something really interesting about creating a meta reality, which by the way, we're kind of headed that way. It really feels like once the technology we could be living in a simulation right now. Yeah. Well, yes. Beyond that, beyond the fact that absolutely mm -hmm. 100. How would you know? How would you you know know if this was a simulation or not? If you were part of uh, that simulation. So um, so yeah. Anyhow, uh, Matrix is is uh, my number one. Anything else you guys wanted to say about it? Uh, no, just that the only true sequel is Free Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, it's amazing how much Matrix Resurrections is free guy for about yeah, uh -huh. half the movie. That was, that was actually my last thing that I forgot about. Yeah. I had to slip it in. Yeah. Well, uh, except for the simple fact that free guy isn't a sequel that it can pull a quarter of its scenes from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I, you God, know, I, so I, bad. I um, yes, we're going to talk about Matrix Resurrections a little more. <laughs> actually, just as a side note, we're taking a bunny trail here because Aaron wants to ask a question. I, mm -hmm. during Matrix Resurrections, hated the the clip show aspect of it so much that yeah. it got me wondering, have I always hated it when a movie uses actual clips from other movies? And so I started thinking about this idea of there's almost a fourth wall break when you do that kind of stuff that happens. Yes. And, and so there's there's like this idea that... If you want to reference parts of mo of the story that have already happened and that we already know about, I almost feel like you have to shoot them from another angle, do something different with them, bring them to us in a different way. Because if you just use the clips, I all mm. of the sudden feel like I'm like the movie I watched is also a movie in your world. Because why yes, are you seeing exactly. the exact same angles I saw it from when I experienced it with uh -huh. the same effects and? And yeah. the frustrating thing is they do exactly that. They do recreate a scene. Yeah. Yes. But for a yes. different reason. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They, they, yeah. they have that idea. They just didn't yeah. deliver on it. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Shutting that down. Shutting yeah. that down. Uh, all right. Let's move into Ian's uh, number one. Um, this revolves around time travel and using time travel to kill ungrateful children. <laughs> it is Terminator 2, specifically. Nice. Yep. Um, yeah, this He's is... not my mother, Todd. <laughs> Todd. Yeah. Um, easy money. I love this film. It's in yeah. my top ten. Um, gush, 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 gush. It's so good. Um, the the best father-son relationship you'll ever see between a delinquent and a robot. Um, <laughs> okay. 
endlessly yeah, that's quotable. A, that's a stacked category too, you know. Yeah, it, it kind of is more than you think it would be. Um, yeah, love this movie. Can't say enough good things about it. Um, Great choice. Uh, and I love Terminator 1 for different reasons, but this is a nearly perfect movie for me. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Andrew, your number one is... Uh, going into people's dreams, yeah. Inception. Inception. I'll say this on my list: <coughs> The Matrix is my fifteenth favorite movie of all time. Inception is my fourteenth. Okay, so oh no, <laughs> so That's they so were really close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got some bacon down the wrong throat. <laughs> you have <laughs> more than throat? one. Yeah, more than one. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a bat. I got two tracheas. Yikes! But uh, esophagi. Esophagi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Inception. What a what a. This is where I think Christopher Nolan perfectly rides the line of high level thinking, while at the same time being easily accessible by a mainstream audience. You know, mm-hmm. I think with Inception, <laughs> I, I mean Interstellar. I mean that one really uh, um, pushed the bounds between people's conception of time and you know time delineation between. Mm-hmm. Because of gravity and stuff like that, it, 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 it on multiple watches it makes sense, but it really, you know, it, it really takes possibly a couple viewings of Interstellar to get it all. But with Inception, I you just go with it. I'm like, yeah, you're in a dream within a dream within a dream. You know, it's such an amazingly beautiful concept that I just uh, I, somebody told me this uh, a while back. And I'm like, the entire movie is subtext it's it's all like explaining how the rest of the movie is going to work and by the time you get to the rest of the movie it explains how the next part of the movie is going to work and like mm-hmm. this entire movie is just a explanatory dialogue but it works yeah so yeah. yeah in terms of level of difficulty this is the one of the biggest cinematic challenges in terms of like a, keeping the narrative straight um, yeah. And it's one of the movies where I would watch it five times. Like, I know some people argue you should be able to get everything on the first run. Mm-hmm. Why? Sometimes I just say, why? Like, And I even think superficially, you can enjoy this film as an action adventure and get a lot from it. And then yeah. it's so gratifying when you watch it 15 times and it, it's it, you just get more layers and layers from it. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with the movie revealing itself to you over time. I think there is something if not wrong at least impractical about creating a movie that isn't enjoyable the first time through. So Correct. like if it doesn't uh-huh. have because then you are creating a situation where if a movie needs multiple watches to even enjoy it, then you're creating no. a situation where people probably aren't going to find their way uh, to enjoy it, which again as an artist, you can certainly do that. I mean, and and there there would even be good. Uh, I, I can see good arguments as to creating art that way. Um, but if you're looking for a balance of art and commerce, which movies usually mm-hmm. are, uh, it's certainly impractical if if nothing else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and I don't prefer it. But but yeah, make the art you want to make. But um, but yeah, Inception is is definitely in the category of that's a lot of fun to watch, and then it just reveals itself, you know, over time. So yeah. Nice. Agree. Well, there you go. Uh, let's talk about some honorable mentions in this category. Um, I will go with the invention of erasing memories uh, as uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, probably nice. one yeah. worth worth mentioning. Um, do you guys have any others? Oh, yeah. I'll let you guys go. Ian oh, um, yeah. So I've got another Ethan Hunt film. Um, Ethan Hunt, Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Mission Impossible. Um, Predestination, um, which is one of the most... That is Ethan Hawke, isn't it? I don't... Yeah. That's Ethan Hawke. Yeah. 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 Predestination. Yeah, it's one of the most mind-bendingly, almost Primer-esque type of time travel films um, that you'll ever watch. I love it. It's great. Um, Reminiscence, which is a recent movie um, that I think I liked more than anybody else in the entire world. Um, but yeah, really, really love that. Again, memories, but not deleting them, but holding mm. on to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Wally. Um, I'm yeah. not too sure what the single technology is that it's focusing on, which is why I didn't include it. But it's yeah, I had to mention uh, it. We could we could go with uh, waste <clears throat> disposal. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought as well. But it seemed like a bit of a reach, so I yeah. I buried it in the honorable mentions instead. Yeah. Um, and Tron, which is video games. Yeah, totally. Andrew, go ahead. Throw some more at us. Um, yeah, let's go with... Uh, well, we mentioned T2, Wally, Eternal Sunshine, Gattaca, Blade Runner. Uh, the Martian. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, that would be my number number two, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I yeah excluded yeah. it for being too generic, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, well. Uh, and Aliens. Mm. Yeah. yeah. yeah and there movie. was a movie... Um, forget what her name... Uh, she she used to be married to uh James Cameron. What's her name? She directed uh, Hurt Locker. Um uh, uh Catherine Bigelow. She did a movie called uh, Strange Days, mm-hmm. which really was like the prequel to Inception or Reminiscence, really. It's all about mm-hmm. digitally storing memories and stuff. It stars Ray Fines, Angela Bassett, and uh Juliette Lewis and Tom Sizemore. Uh, I actually thought this was a really good movie. I think it's a really good movie. I haven't seen it in a very long time, but I want to watch it again. So yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen Strange Days, it's a it's a it's a cool trip. Very nice. Uh, all right, there you go. There is the best ever challenge for this week. Let's head into our buried treasure. Ian, you are the guest, so you will go last. Uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Gonna go with a YouTube channel. Okay. Uh, by the name of Kalem, C A space L E M. Um, if you're like me, you enjoy AS- ASMR style videos, um, particularly like machining tools and like cleaning tools and restorations and stuff like that. <clears throat> Kalem is a a young gentleman in Vietnam who. The only word I can really think of is he creates art. What he is doing is he's making his own uh, tools. Mm-hmm. Like when I say tools, I don't mean like wrenches and, you know, pliers or hammers. He's making milling machines. He's making lathes. And with the precision that he uses is nothing short of like perfection. He's like within like micrometers of like a, like perfection, like some of the, I don't know if you've seen some of these videos where like you'll see a, a square hole in like a piece of metal and like somebody will drop in another piece of metal and it fits perfectly to where you can't even see the seams. I don't know if you've seen those, Mm-mm. that type of, yeah, it's, it's so, it's so incredible. He is such a talented and he's very young. Uh, and that, that's even more to the, uh, uh, amazement of it all is like, he's so young, but he's this talented. So, uh yeah, it, I highly highly recommend it. It's Ka with C A and then space L E M. Uh, no spoken words, no music or anything like that. Just calm, the sound of machines. Oh, it's so beautiful. Nice, 
Very nice. Uh, My buried treasure for the week is a new show. I think they're releasing a few at a time. This is on HBO Max. Um, Speaking of the future, uh, called Station Eleven, and this I think there are there were they released three to start with, and I think they just dropped two more yesterday. So I think there are five out. It is on HBO Max, and uh, this is Mackenzie Davis. Um, I'm sold. Yeah, I was going to say, who, if you've seen her in anything, uh, she's incredible. Uh, Halt and Catch Fire is my favorite Mackenzie Davis thing, um, uh, in case you haven't seen that. It's good stuff. Uh, Himish Patel uh, is also in uh, in this as well. And an incredible uh, performance from a child actor uh, is kind of uh, Mackenzie Davis's younger version. Uh, Matilda Lawler is uh, her name. But this is a uh, this is a movie about a pandemic. And you may think, I don't want to see that right now. I am in a pandemic. And I totally get that. What's really interesting about this one is that this was in production before the pandemic. And uh, oh, wow. And so it's it's kind of been really weird for these actors um, to have been producing this show about a pandemic, then go into a pandemic uh, and then have to figure out a way to come back and uh, and do what's going on here. I will say as to that, if you would be triggered by pandemic type material, the first episode is probably the one that's going to get you the worst. Um, it is definitely unlike other uh, Walking Dead comes to mind, unlike other, you know, future uh, pandemic type uh, shows this this one does a really great job at showing you how things happened uh, making you like really contagion? feel um, you know what's going on um, it's more personal than contagion and what I mean by that mm. is contagion really is about the outbreak this is about the humans and just okay. kind of how they're processing how they're figuring out I guess it's not really a spoiler to say that there is a um, there is a plane crash in the first episode and it is completely from the perspective of our characters in in a way that I've never seen before. And I just thought it was, um, I think this, this, the show is really well done uh, and worth checking out. I will also say it's strangely optimistic, even though this virus is more aggressive um, and kills a much larger portion of the population um, than the current pandemic we're in. um, It is interesting to see how this show decides to jump around in time uh, and kind of um, show us what the future looks like. So, you know, it's showing us a 20, so far, like a 20 to 30 year span of, you know, how this pandemic has affected the world. And wow. um, it's, I, I think it's fascinating, kind of beautiful and very human. Um, so, so yeah. Um, reminds me a lot of the leftovers. I don't know if you remember watching Lindelof's The Leftovers. So good. Um, it has a lot of that feel to it, and um, you know, I'm just I'm excited to learn about these people and kind of uh, what they're dealing with. So yeah, Station Eleven uh, on HBO Max. I would recommend. Uh, How many episodes are out right now? I think they dropped three to start, and I think two more just dropped last night. So I think there are five okay. uh, out cool. currently. Um, Ian, what about you? What's your uh, buried treasure? Surprise, surprise, I'm going to be talking about something Star Trek, um, which will shock nobody in the room. Um, but yeah, this is um, a series of books, actually, and I've been listening to the audio books, and it's the Star Trek Coda series. Um, and this is a trilogy of books um, uh, called Moments Asunder, The Ashes of Tomorrow, and Oblivion's Gate by Data Moore, James Swallow, and David Mack. So all three of these authors are prolific Star Trek orders that have taken a lot of the 
post Star Trek The Next Generation um, timeline and carried it on as if kind of after the film Nemesis finishes, what does the world look like and what does the, the galaxy look like after that? Hmm. Um, now, as Discovery has made, has kind of like put Star Trek back on the map and more TV shows are coming out, they, they have drifted so far from the canon in quotation marks that we know they've decided to kind of wrap up the Star Trek literary universe Mm -hmm. and give it a full stop. Now they may revisit it and do things in the past, but this is as far into the future that this timeline as we know it will go. Um, And that's what the stories um, kind of build on. They, they cross over into all of the Star Trek series. So you have like an Avengers style team up of a lot of the Star Trek crews that you know and love and you see characters that that get to interact with each other that you never see interact on screen and you haven't seen interact in the books so far so for me that's that's really really special and the authors are the biggest Star Trek kind of information hubs mm-hmm. that you'll ever know so the the references that they pull from are great but they're always explained so each story begins with here's some key bits in the history of star trek that you should know now if you haven't watched a single episode of star trek it's not going to mean much to you but it is a they give you a great little refresher for for fans that hey this point in time is something you should probably um be thinking about right now um but yeah really entertaining brilliantly paced um you get kind of all of the stuff you love about star trek um but in stuff that we'll never see on TV, to be honest. Um, so I've just finished book two, um, and I can heartily, heartily recommend uh, both of them before I've even got into book three. Um, nice. Yeah, really, really so, good stuff. So does each story take place around the same time? like, Or is one like yeah. Next Gen, or is one Discovery? Or no, they interweave, or? they interweave all of it. So without too much spoilers, books one and two mainly focus on the post-Nemesis TNG era. Um, and you you see people from Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and um, even the original series as well. And then book three deals with Picard, Discovery, and interweaving all of that as well. So it really, it unifies everything to then kind of bring it to a close. Okay. It's big. It's huge, 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 huge. Very nice. Uh, Star Trek Coda, Moments Asunder. Uh, Ian is listening to the audiobooks. I assume you can read printed versions yeah, you can, as you can well choose to read if you wish as well and uh station 11 is on hbo max and kalem is on youtube uh if you want to check all that out well we did it guys we managed Woo! to uh Woo! to plug in and do a podcast um, yeah so congratulations to all Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Force If Poppet is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Well, thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Uh, thanks to Drew for putting together some visuals for the video oh, show. yeah, buddy. And thank you to Ian for dropping by today. Yay. I'm sorry, Phil, for the amount of cost that you're going to have to edit out of this. Uh, we are so happy to have you here, man. Uh, where do you want to send people uh, to on the internets? Um, so, as usual, you can find me on Twitter, which is at Witsind. That's W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. But a quick shameless plug. I have a new podcast as well. Where, oh, um, 
um, somebody you may be familiar with, Danae Hughes. Um, we are starting a Star Trek podcast called Captain's Pod, um, where we reintroduce Danae to Star Trek, starting with Picard for some strange reason. Um, so we've got a few episodes in the bag. Episode one came out yesterday. Um, so yeah, search for search for Captain's Pod, or if you search for Cinema Sins in your podcast player, it should find it as well. But it's yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Well, uh, when you guys get to the next generation, you got to have me on. <laughs> oh, we're having guests. We are having guests. Uh, that is Captain's Pod. Uh, if you want to look that up, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Uh, thank you. There are a lot of ways to uh, support and connect. First of all, you can do Patreon, patreon.com slash Sifpop. Uh, that's where you become a Sif Pop member. Starts at $3 a month. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff there that you can check out. You can also leave a comment, a rating, or a review wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts or wherever. You can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than enduring being called Tiffany. We will be back uh, <laughs> next week with our most anticipated movies of what we think will be 2022. Actually, we're sure it will be 2022, but what we think <laughs> about the movies that will be coming out during that year. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. 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 At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.